Welcome to East Coast DNA. I'm Andrew Walsh, and this is my brother, Darcy Walsh. We have a uh, double interview episode coming up today. Uh, we planned on a double interview at the same time, but we split it up, so there's a big show coming up. It will be this week when you're listening to it. So we have Ian with us now. There Hello. he is. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and uh, who you are? Or where you're from, or what band you're in. Just gives a little sure. quick bio. Uh, so my, <laughs> my name is Ian Kane, and I play guitar and sing uh, for the local punk rock slash rock group, uh, The Bloody Hell. Uh, and we're based here out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. And uh, we're super excited uh, to be talking to you guys today. And we're super excited about this big gig coming up. And um, yeah, and to just get back out there and start playing again. It's been a while. And why don't you tell so, us what the gig is before? I'm, I'm sure most people listening will know at this point, but who's uh, question for you? Who, who else is playing the show next week or this week? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it is Propagandi, uh, you know, probably the biggest Canadian punk band that there is. Yeah. Uh, you know, legendary in their own rights. So um, they'll be headlining the show. Uh, and then there is Worst Part and Cluttered. Uh, two local bands, uh, two of my favorite local bands, actually, which is which is amazing. So, uh, and then us, the bloody hell. There we go. So, uh, Ian, you and I had a conversation back when we started this podcast. I was when I was doing my experiments, a little bonus episode I did, just focused on some of the heavier side of the East Coast stuff. Yep. Uh, what if if any connection do you have to those two other bands? Is it just that you're all uh, in the same area? And I mean, we all have cassette tapes. Yeah, you yeah. All have cassettes. <laughs> you, you've all got the 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 punk attitude. I mean, it's all yep. different. Uh, I mean, well, it's all AJ, different genres, kind of. AJ, who plays in Cluttered, uh, helped uh, record our latest uh, recordings. He was in the studio. Um, That's what I was looking for. A yeah, so like that, yeah. Uh, that and uh, I've known Dylan, the drummer for Cluttered, uh, for a while now. Okay. I would say going on 10 years almost. So yeah, He's um, he's awesome. Oh, he's but. like, yeah, he's another level. I played drums for a long time. That's how I met Dylan is he uh, took over for me in a band one time when I oh. moved out to Vancouver. So the Black Rats was the name of that band. So, yeah. Uh, Dylan's next level drummer. He's yeah, he's unbelievable. So, and um, so for some of the people that didn't listen to that first interview too, that you spent about you said uh, I think roughly fifteen years playing in different cover bands and uh, playing mostly drums. Was it around the yeah, city? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I was exclusively a drummer for about yeah. fifteen years, uh, playing around in some cover bands and some original bands. Everything from country to prog rock to rockabilly. That was the Black Rats, the one that Dylan ended up playing in. Okay. Um, so it makes sense that from my research into all the bands that Dylan and AJ were names that would tie you into other things because they're also people that are in all different, like their, their fingers yeah. are all over the place. Yeah, exactly. You, it's, it's, their you names know, pop up. The music scene in Halifax is pretty incestuous. So it's, uh, well, and, and AJ, especially every time I watch somebody play, he's on the stage. Even if yeah, I, yeah. even if I have no way of knowing he's connected to the band, I always see him somewhere on stage yeah. helping city. So, yeah. So he, uh, when last time we went into the studio, uh, Fang recording, it's called now, it was New Scotland Yard Studio. Um, okay. They've changed, they've changed their name to Fang. Um, yeah. He was one of the engineers that was there and, 
Um, we were happy to have him around because he's, mm-hmm. you know, great guy to be around and super knowledgeable. And, and, you know, anytime you can have someone like that, even, you know, just in the same room as you, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So. Um, and so your uh, drummer, Kyle, from Kyle. The Bloody Hell, and yes. do you know him from those days as well? Kyle and I played in a Pink Floyd cover band at one time. Okay. Um, yeah. That's and then we, we had another uh, kind of original rock band that we got a demo done, and then it kind of fell apart. So uh, that was back in my days of playing the drums and Kyle playing guitar. We've switched roles in this band. Um, sure. Kyle's a fantastic guitar player and a, and a fantastic drummer and just an all-around really talented guy so and um, so in 2017 you formed a band with also uh joe and uh is james the other guy james yes yes so Uh, um, joe wasn't in the band originally Uh, he's been with he's been with us for about six months now so oh okay but i've known joe outside of music for over a decade and he's one of my favorite people so i work stoked to have him in the band because he's a great musician as well and it seems like for the first album you did uh, like a three you scattered three singles and then released like a self-titled album is that how you kind of approach uh yeah the first one had one single released before the album okay and then uh four more singles released after the album release so uh, we released Evil Everywhere. That was our first single in video in February of 2018. Uh, full album release was June of 2018. And then October 2018 was the Diggin' single. And then we did um, Uncharted in the spring of 2019. Uh, Out of Our Minds in the fall of 2019. And Last Word in early 2020. Okay. And... For your music videos, I know that's really important uh, to have the uh, visual component for your band as well. But I'm going to yeah, ask Yeah, it's, it's anyone, something we focus on a lot. So anyone listening, uh, check out the link tree, which we'll have in the description here, and actually watch the videos. And if you want to know yeah. a little bit more about them, I, Ian Kane and I sat down and talked about this a couple months ago. So we get a little bit more into depth there. Um, I do want to ask you about some more updated stuff because sure. it's been a few months since we have talked. Um, I know back then uh, we had talked about there was the Canadian independent music video uh, mm-hmm. promotion thing that was going on at the time, but there was also something else. I, I don't think we actually talked about it. Uh, there was a Canadian punk covers compilation that you guys were selected to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So did that come out? Uh, no, it hasn't come out yet because there's a vinyl shortage apparently. So it's yeah, yeah. Um, we're like backlogged to press it. But ever all the songs are in, all the songs are mixed and mastered and ready to go. The artwork is done, everything is done except the pressing. Uh, I think it's supposed to be. Last I heard was this summer coming out. Okay. Uh, so the concept is 16 different bands from 16 different cities in Canada, covering old underground punk rock from Canada. Cool. Okay. That, that's so awesome. yeah, it's a covers compilation, and uh, we're representing Halifax on it, which is awesome. Um, and we're covering uh, Barbara by Modernettes, awesome. which is an old, old punk song that came out in 1981 or two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Fantastic song. I've always loved it. Um, as soon as it was mentioned to us, originally I wanted to cover a Gob song. Um, yeah. 
but the the person that was putting it together suggested like nothing too mainstream like try to sure. keep it Dig underground yeah. a little bit so yeah. um so yeah we went for uh barbara by modernettes awesome and so for the new album um like i said about the music videos you, you did have two singles that have already been released in advance for the new album yes and uh we were talking just before we started recording here um you have a new single coming out from this upcoming album yeah we have three more songs uh completely done and and mastered and and just ready to go unfortunately you know the way things go and uh with covid and everything Mm -hmm. it's been like a piecemeal kind of (laughs) album that we're putting together here where our first one was recorded in two sessions and that was it right like we did four songs in one session four songs in another session and then it was mixed and mastered and ready to go this one has been much more piecemeal as we go kind of as we can afford it um you know there was all the stuff with the pandemic so we couldn't even be in the same room with each other you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh, so, but we tr- we tried to keep moving forward, and we tried to keep going into the studio as much as we could. Um, so everything that we've done, these the two that have been released, when you're gone and nobody cares about America anymore, um, they were recorded one at a time. Like we would go, like it would be whoever's turn it was, and the engineer, and okay. that was it because of all the COVID restrictions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then same as the the three other ones that we have done. Um, we're all recorded piecemeal like that one at a time just because of all the restrictions uh we prefer to do it live off the floor so you can capture the energy of the band playing in the same room with each other as well but unfortunately we weren't able to do that for the last couple years so it's been a little it's been a little bit slower uh than we'd like to but um totally different feel in the studio too right excuse me you feel totally different in the studio too when you're not there as a unit right yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but you know, it, it's they still turned out great. Like we're still extremely happy with what we've produced, and and uh, you know, our our engineer Alex Burris, he gets us and he gets what we're trying to do, and um, we love working with him, and he produces fantastic results for us. So, um, when the album will be complete is still, you know, I have no idea. Kind of thing. We're gonna get back in and hopefully do two more songs uh here soon uh we've we've just been focused on this gig for the last four or five months just making sure we're getting tight and have our set down so Um, is it exciting to be able to practice the new songs like being you didn't get to record them together in the same room but now you must be playing them to get ready for the show on the 19th yeah, so we're playing uh, three of the new songs we have recorded, three of the five of new songs that we have recorded at the gig. And then because we haven't played live since 2019, since mm-hmm. Music Week 2019. So oh, wow. uh, November of 2019, yeah. So um, because of that, we're also going to play three brand new songs that nobody's ever heard before. And awesome. is there hints in your social media posts as to what those song titles might be? Is that the lyrics? That when, you, when you, I notice when you do social media yeah, posts, feel it too. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. because I've seen it a repeating theme of certain words yep. in different places. So I made a couple notes to ask you, but yeah, that's yeah. That's exactly. So uh, there'll be one called "Feel It Too," uh, mm-hmm. which is a song we're all really excited about. Uh, we feel it's one of our strongest efforts yet. Uh, really upbeat, got a great chorus. James is 
ripping solos and uh, great melodies and stuff. So uh, we're excited about that one. Um, we don't have it recorded yet. Uh, we have it demoed as well as another sure. one. Uh, I posted on social media a jam space demo or like a video of Joe recording bass to a demo of a song called I Don't Care. Um, oh, okay. And, and all these songs will be on the new album. Um, they're, they're the next ones to get record, the three that we're going to play at the show. So with um, the restrictions lifting lately, um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we all want to be cautious going forward too, but does that give I, I'm, I'm just going to assume that that helps you with the recording a little bit because it gives you some more options, but I'm more specifically wondering now because your visual component being so important, are you looking at filming some music videos for these songs over the next yep. few months or? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we've done uh, some camera tests and some shot ideas and stuff for uh, our next single, which would be called hideaway, which we actually decided not to play at this show. Mm -hmm. Um, just because we wanted to throw in some of the newer ones. Um, so we, we have some, some, you know, rough ideas down and we've done a bunch of camera tests and stuff. And, uh, but again, our focus has just been, we just decided to really focus on this show and make sure that we're, um, you know, bringing our a game kind of thing. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, everything else has been on the back burner a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're also working on, um, a whole bunch of, uh, covers, um, okay. as well as the Barbara cover, uh, we're doing a bunch of other covers and shooting video in our jam space that we're going to release just to like throw them on the internet and, um, have some fun with it, you know, covers that people might not expect some that people might I, expect. I love punk covers actually. It's, yeah. it's good. Yeah. When I used to work at the record store, it was when they used to have the compilations for like five, 10 bucks. And it was like 20 punk bands on it. Like fat records would put them out like every yeah. couple months. So yeah. I, those are my exposure to most of these bands like propaganda like that, that's yeah. how i know them is from those compilations back then so cool yeah that's uh, that'll be interesting to hear your take on a few songs and when you said yeah, that you know we're gonna do some like some old classic rock songs sabbath song or two and awesome. some um you know punk up some Beatles songs they always translate really well mm -hmm. so um i think that'll be our, after this gig is out of the way, I think we'll be releasing some of those cover songs. We have um, one of them recorded and filmed and stuff already. Uh, we were going to release it for 420, uh, but I ended up being really sick that week. So I just oh, okay. couldn't. Yeah, I didn't get COVID, but I got a terrible stomach bug and I was bedridden for like five days. So yeah, I was going around that too, yeah. I don't know if you people yeah, I, I we had everything set to go, but I couldn't even get out of bed to mm -hmm. upload stuff to YouTube and share links and stuff like that. So we kind of, unfortunately, it didn't get uh, released as we planned. But you know, we still have it done. So, um, so we'll put it out eventually. Um, so yeah, I think aside from finishing the album, uh, we'll be releasing a bunch of these video covers uh, over the summer, and hopefully playing some more gigs. You said that making music videos was important to you as a band. Is that just because we all had cassette tapes or is it you want to portray the message more visually as well? Well, I, I write very uh, thematically. So every song has like a strong theme to it. Um, like you said, when I post on social media, I try to use the same themes and, and really drive the, the branding home. And the videos to that are just a... Um, another way of storytelling that goes with the songs. Mm -hmm. So 
um, you know, I've, I've studied film, I've, I've gone to school for it and stuff like that. So I have an upper hand on, um, producing music videos and editing awesome. them and stuff like that. So, um, so it's yeah, all done I, in house. Right? Uh, not always. We've worked with, uh, like, uh, the two that were nominated for the Canadian, uh, independent music awards, uh, were done by a stop motion artist in BC named Diane Lindo. Um, so we, you know, we've, um, we've reached out to people and worked with them before our nobody cares about America anymore video. Uh, the animations were done by an animator in Mexico who I found through Instagram and we hit it off and he loved our band. I loved his animation style. So we collaborated on that. So it's not always done in house. Um, but you know, I have nice cameras and good gear and I do film and photography on the side anyway. So, um, perfect. I have a little bit of an advantage uh, when it comes to that. Um, and it really helps with the do-it-yourself. Like that's the, we try not to get too much into genres on here, but I mean, you can't help it with music; it's inevitable, right? Yeah. But yeah. you're re- really punk is do-it-yourself. Yeah, that's, oh, that's really yeah. the only because even when I said like for this show on the nineteenth, four great bands, if you played them for somebody that doesn't listen to punk music and said, this is punk. They'd be like, those bands don't sound anything alike. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So So it really um, is the attitude more so than the music itself. And uh, yeah, like I, I've been, I've been making merch all week. Button Mm -hmm. stickers. I'm putting together a VHS actually of all of our videos and stuff. And and stuff. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, we have a whole bunch of, whole bunch of videos and live stuff that are just dying to be on the worst format possible. So yeah. Actually, you know what? My, my eldest might, uh, it's not her genre, but, uh, she's a big horror movie fan. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure that the VHS would be something she'd like to add to her own collection. Too. Well, see, we've, we've found like, we've had, uh, albums pressed and download cards and, and, you know, streaming and YouTube and all that. But we find that most people, um, if they're going to buy a physical copy of your, of your music, they're going to buy a, a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cause like I collect cassette tapes as well. And I think it's cause if you go to a band's merch table, even if you don't necessarily love the band or like, there's been examples where like, I didn't even see the opening bands, but they have a cassette tape for sale and I'll spend five, $10 to buy it. You know what yeah. I mean? Just cause yeah. I'm a, I'm a cassette collector. Yeah. See, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just Rick rolled on the camera there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, so I, I find like, you know, as with vinyl as well, we've yet to go into pressing vinyl. Um, the new album will probably get pressed on vinyl. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same thing. It's like those people that that appreciate those um, formats of media. Um, if they see that you have that available, they're they're gonna buy it. So um, sure. It sounds more like you buy a cassette tape as a collector's item too than a CD, right? They're going to buy it to he- own the physical copy more. Yeah, yeah. So we have cassettes and CDs and we sell, you know, probably three or four fold more cassettes than we do CDs. Yeah. The novelty of it too, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I also collect VHS and stuff. And I recently bought uh, a bunch of VHS that had like blank cassettes in them. So I was like, all right, I'll make, I'll put all. I'll put all of our music videos and promos and some live uh, footage together and, and make a whole package. So I have a, an hour long VHS that cool. I've been 
putting together, which is going to be for sale, which we're very excited about because really I still have a VHS from high school with my band. Actually, Darcy recorded it from okay, 90, cool. 97, yeah. probably that was. Yeah. yeah. And it's still the tape sitting around. It still plays. Yeah. So, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and we, we got to make yourself stand out somehow. So, um, well, and I have Andrew's VCR in my closet. Well, there you so go. You know, you're going to cause us to have a fight because <laughs> we're going to want to buy your video. Well, he's gonna go. want the VCR back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to get together and watch it over beers, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, with the merchandise and stuff, do you have any T-shirts or anything coming out as well? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we'll have uh, two different kinds of shirts. Uh, there are shirts that we had uh, made uh, before COVID, so mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago now, and then we just got a small run of new shirts done um again stickers patches fridge magnets everything. so i imagine anyone listening on the 18th when this comes out uh, is also a ticket holder for the 19th because that show is sold out at the marquee it is sold out yeah but anyone going should bring some cash because you're gonna have a merch table with a bunch of different stuff on it I'm i assuming. mean not just us but uh, yeah yeah you know but um i mean the way we saw it is that like if there's gonna be you know eight to nine hundred people there or whatever it is mm-hmm we've you know might as well stock the merch table up because that's a lot of people that could potentially buy some buy some merch so i'm a big uh sucker for anything novelty and a little bit of a music nerd and a collector myself so i love merch tables i've i've operated merch tables i've i've visited them non-stop and i'm always disappointed when there's not one you ran a merch store in your basement for a while yeah yeah yeah, a couple years (laughs) So, yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, uh, I, I just love it. So I, I'm excited to see, and I'm sure, I mean, we're going to be talking to Maddie uh, coming up here on the same episode too, but I'm sure between Maddie's like 30,000 bands, there must be a couple items showing up on the table there too. So yeah. definitely, uh, I'm just as excited to see the merch table as I am to see the show, Sweet. which is sad Sweet. to say to the <laughs> artist, but it's yeah. your, it's your product that I'm talking about as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, I just, to go back to the cassette tape thing, um, a friend of mine works at Gus's and Maddie, uh, was playing there. Um, and there was a cassette. I wasn't even at the show and my friend texted me and said, oh, there's this cassette. Do you want me to pick it up for you? Mm-hmm. I said, absolutely. And so, it's something um, you can throw in your pocket, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love vinyl, but I don't own that many records it's hard to walk around with it if you're going to be at a show you don't want to walk around with it during the show yeah absolutely but a cassette yeah. something you can just slip in a breast yeah. pocket and back pocket whatever you want yeah. go about your way yeah. yeah so i'm i'm looking to pick up uh you know i have both worst parts cassettes already um and maddie's solo release i'm not sure if they're going to have any more cassettes but uh, hopefully, Propagandi might have one. I have two old Propagandi cassettes from like 1991. Yeah, I was thinking about bringing it and trying to get him to sign it, but I didn't want to be, you know. <laughs> Do it. I have I a whole shelf. I have a whole it. shelf. I have no shame. If 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 I can yeah. get in front of somebody with a marker and something that they recorded, I'm yeah. asking them to sign it. So I, I do that when I play when I play with Green Jello. I uh, yeah have the CD. And I was yeah. like, I should take it and ask Bill to sign it. I was like, I don't want to do that. I felt weird, but I wish I did. So just bring yeah. it. It'll yeah, fit you know in, what? I, in your I guitar met, case. Um, <laughs> they used to have this horror thing in um, 
Tatamagush. It's called Summer of Fear. Mm-hmm. And they had like Kane Hodder who played Jason and um, the guy who played Leatherface. I can't, I'm blanking on his name right now. It's not Rudger Hauer. It's something like that. Anyway, I, like I'm a huge VHS collector and all those old horror movies. And I was like, I should bring them and get these people to sign them. But I didn't, yeah. and I'll always regret it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I could have a signed copy of Friday the 13th, Part 6, or whatever, right? Like, but yeah, before I did podcasting, that was how I had an excuse to go talk to someone. Even, like, if I were to talk to someone like you, I'm at your show, pick up your album, I just walk over, I'm like, hey, good set, can I get your signature? And I might throw in a question. If I was listening yeah. to you before I went to the show, I might be like, oh, that that video you did, who did the animation? Like mm-hmm. stuff like that, especially back in the day. I'm a little, a little older than some of our listeners. I can remember before internet when there was no way to Google that question. You had to ask the person. So yeah, yeah. I'm getting up there too. I I remember life before internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> is there any way to buy? Uh, this is just a per, purely personal question. I was actually going to ask you outside of the podcast, but the uh, I only saw it online because I'm not in the city. But there's a poster that's like it has like uh like that kind of art deco print and it's like a boy's face and it has all the bands listed for the show on the 19th did you see that one online i did see that and uh i think it was made by someone in san francisco like i tried to i want to know if there's a lithograph to buy. That. yeah i, so I, I, like I to... followed the the person that made it on instagram mm-hmm. and, it, and it, they like a fantastic work and i think it's out of San Francisco or something like that. So I'm not sure what the connection is and where that poster came from, but I love it. I absolutely love that poster. It reminds me, um, do you remember like Melvin's, the Melvin's? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so a lot of their artwork was done by the same guy. And okay. he did a lot of uh, tour posters back in the day in that area. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the bands that would have been around late 90s probably at one point or another had a cool tour poster done just okay. by the same guy yeah. so they were all different but they were similar style yeah and it really reminded me of that and that was my question was uh, can you purchase that somewhere as a lithograph or a print somewhere to uh that would be that, cool not, not that i'm aware of but like you know i mean i'm capable if, of making if, my own these days but yeah i, I mean if, <laughs> if you could i would pick one up too honestly yeah i really like that poster it's really it gives me um gives me an um, evil empire rage against the machine mm-hmm. yeah 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 absolutely but we're going to uh, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was closing it. So if you have a question, go ahead. <laughs> that, no, that was what I was going to yeah. say. Is did you have anything else? Because I think I just went through my notes and I yep. think I covered everything. Um, the the new album is what I'm really excited to hear. But uh, hopefully, I'm uh, up close and personal watching you guys tomorrow night for the people listening on the 18th. And right yeah. now we can listen to Dead to Me from that new album. Yes. The yes. band is bloody hell. Anything you want to say about the song? Uh, you know, it's a song that we've been kicking around for years. And uh, again, we recorded it uh, one at a time and it came out fantastic. And we're super happy with it. Um, happy to get it going. Uh, and it's a true story. Oh, cool. Oh, there you go. It's, it's shrouded in vague metaphors, but it's a true story. Perfect. So people can dig into the lyrics now and potentially see a video down the road sometime for this one yeah there, there will be a video for sure Excellent. Yeah, absolutely yeah. and while you're listening so if you know Ian, you can think is this about me 
to me yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is Bloody Hell, Dead to Me, and we'll be back with Maddie Grace. Welcome back. That was Dead to Me by Bloody Hell. And as we mentioned, we're here now with Maddie Grace. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. How are you folks doing? We're good. We're good. I'm sun, good. I can't speak for Darcy. The sun's out and it was my last day for my current job. So. I, oh, that rules. I'm doing pretty good today anyway. Yeah. Monday, yeah. Monday will be different when I start my new job. And it's supposed to rain on Monday. So, yeah. I'll, I'll live so it all weekend. Yeah. I mean, soak it up. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we know of you. We interviewed you yeah. previously. And when we yeah. started this podcast, I said we could interview Maddie again and get a chance to talk to Maddie again. And that was kind of one of the exciting things about doing this was people that we've met 
that we want to come back and circle around to. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, I think our interview with you kind of opened my eyes to how much is out there in Halifax that I like. I created a uh, Maddie Grace playlist over the last Aww. week just to kind of get the songs in my head before we interview. Yeah. And I never hit skip once. And then this morning I woke up to an email that we'll talk about it in a little bit here. And four more songs that I didn't skip once. So enjoy, enjoy the music. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. It's, uh, it's, it's dope. It's like, I'm really happy with like how things are going and like kind of the variety of output and like the different, the different things I'm doing. Like it, it's like spinning a lot of plates or like juggling or whatever, but like it's, it rules. So is this taking up like 40 hours a week full time for you? Or is this over a span of time that you got this much out there? Um, I don't really keep track. It's yeah. just like I fill in the gaps in the space and time that I have available to do it. And I make, I carve out a lot of time to do the thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like I still work jobs and I still like, you know, have to be a cog in the capitalist machine and yeah. like do the thing to like pursue this. But it's definitely like, you know, I consider this like, part of the work that I do yeah so like it's something that like like I'm I'm working on constantly thinking about constantly I'm on my phone so much because like you kind of have to be your own manager and social media manager yeah. and like you know this the thing you're alluding to we did that totally DIY in ourselves and so we had to do all like the press and the PR and like all of that stuff and, you know, there is support for it, but like, there's not really support yet at a level where it's like infinitely sustainable. So it's like, mm. you know, I'm still, still just like, just a cog. Yeah. You've so been doing a lot of travel too with the band, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've cluttered as uh cluttered toward in November and I, uh, I've been hanging out in Ottawa for the last couple of months. Uh, so I just kind of like bounce back and forth. Uh, hence I'm like, I'm in Halifax right now. We're just getting ready for, we're getting ready for shows. I'm playing with worst part, uh, as well as cluttered, uh, next Thursday on the 19th for the propaganda show. So there's a little bit of like, I got to get some practices in, I got to get some reps in and mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm here to work and it's the thing that I love to do. So why wouldn't I spend all my time doing it? Yeah. Of all the things I do, I think playing music is probably the one that. It's the most enjoyable. It's, yeah, it's the it's the one that just like keeps me existing. Like, I I don't understand, like you know, teach their own and how how folks do this, but like people who kind of maybe age out of playing music or age out of punk or whatever, and they they mm -hmm. you know they have other life commitments and they have other things that come up and they they do those things, and it's just kind of like a not option for me. Mm -hmm. Like right now at this point in time, like, I'm not going to just be like, got to go back to school, got to get a job. Like, it's like, no, like I'm here to, to do this and to like pursue my life as an artist. Yeah. Um, because, uh, we're all going down in flames anyway. I might as well just try my best while I'm here. Yeah. I saw on TikTok, uh, Jim Carrey, he did a speech. I don't know if it was new or old, but he said, his dad had a job. He went to comedy, couldn't do it because he couldn't sustain a living off it. He didn't think he could succeed at it. He thought he'd fail. So he got the nine to five job, 
12 years later, got fired. Family was broke, lost our house. So he said, you might as well fail at what you want to do instead of failing at what you don't want to do. And that's, yeah, it kind of hits, right? So, oh, completely. Yeah. And it's, you know, if you're, if you're stoked on what you're doing and it's resonating with people in like any level or any capacity, then like you're never really failing. Yeah. Like just, just because you're not maybe financially secure or you're not like making money off of something or you're, you know, existing kind of in this like weird limbo of just like, you know, paycheck to paycheck or whatever. Yeah. Like if you're still like, I made this thing and I'm really proud of it and people are listening to it and I'm stoked. Like, um, my, my old band slash we've had a new release on May 6th, uh, future girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, we put out our year long winter EP and just like the reception that that's gotten, got a pin. Um, <laughs> Because, like, I didn't expect people would be that stoked on this EP. Like, we put out a record in, like, 2018, and I love that record, and I think it's great. Um, but, you know, it didn't really get the same kind of, like, traction or headway that this new one did. And people are, like, saying really kind things about it and are just, like, like very, you know, maybe it's a place and time thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, people are people are really stoked on it and it's just like really nice because we like like how it was done and how we set it up and and all of those things like just to have it put out and then like be like oh this exists now people can listen to it and then like people are like like writing about it and like being like this is very good this is very strong songwriting and then like you know they're they're complimenting like elements that i I was really like focusing on and it's really nice for like other people to read into that and see what I was like actually trying to do. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty sweet. Like I, uh, am doing my best enjoying pursuing being an artist. Yeah. Uh, we make art and people understand that art. It feels a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's, it's human, right? Yeah. Like it's, I'm just, it's, I'm just some like, queer person with their heart on their sleeve like I just I've always been that way and it's always been something that like is something that is really important to me mm -hmm. just even in the sense of like an artistic integrity standpoint like I'm not gonna go on stage and like not sing about something I know yeah. or I'm not gonna write a song that's not just like near and dear to my heart um you know i'll write in metaphor and I'll, I'll write whatever but it always comes back down to like a thing that i've experienced or a thing that you have experienced at some point or like a universal connection or, or something yeah um and that's it's really important like that's kind of the core of like my songwriting and kind of my being is just being like an open and honest person about all of this stuff it must be nice to get all the attention to because kind of like you're saying about you're doing the music that you want to do more so than writing a song for a type of person that would like you. So yeah. Oh yeah. I, I you've been doing that all along, but right now I, it seems like you're getting a lot of exposure. Like yeah. all of your projects are getting attention at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It feels very like, it feels very special. It feels very like, you know, like a lot of hard work and a lot of years of just being like, staunch diy ethics and like you know playing the right shows and standing up for the right thing and doing the 
doing things in a way that feels like honest and authentic to me is kind of paying off. And maybe it's like right place, right time. Or maybe it's like people are catching up or maybe like there's space for my voice now. Mm-hmm. Maybe at one point there wasn't as much space for for a voice like mine, but now I'm in a position where it's like, no, like there's a level of quality to the thing I do and everything's a little bit different, but like, you know, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely like, I'm just who I am, honestly, like first and foremost, like, you know, I'm just trying, trying my best really. That's all you can do. And yeah. for those side projects, I know you had some notes because, as you had mentioned, you've been listening to it quite a bit yeah. the last few weeks. The yeah. uh, EP that came out this morning, we knew it was coming. Oh, yeah. We knew it was coming out. Um, yeah, it's a we, uh, collaboration a doing of... Enemy View or Enemy You <laughs> covers. Yeah. So how did that come about? Okay, so um, I'll give you the whole the whole story. Uh, talk show hosts are a band from Toronto. Um, they released their full length record last year on the same day that we released Accidents, our second EP, and it ended up that we kind of cross paths on Twitter. Their bass player is very active on Twitter and we just kind of cross paths and it was like, this is rad and their band is great. Um, like Mid-Century Modern by Talk Show Host is one of my favorite records of last year. It's it's so good. The songwriting is just like impeccable. And so we played some shows together in Toronto because like you meet people and you kind of meet them like as internet friends or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you never really know if you're going to like actually hit it off with them. Like you can admire somebody's music, but like, are you actually going to hit them off, hit it off? And so we played a couple shows with them. And then like the first show was in Montreal and like they, they crushed it and it was great. And then we played in Toronto and then like just they're from Toronto. So we hung out afterwards and then we realized that we're kind of like all on the same page and like Chris, their front person and myself are both like kind of shy and kind of weird and like, like you know, got along very well. Yeah. Like Chris recently said in like the 12 years of playing music or whatever, Chris has given his phone number to two people to text. And I'm one of the two people <laughs> Like we talk, we talk all the time. We're just pals. Awesome. Yeah. And so it came about, they were on a podcast called the punk lotto pod. And what the punk lotto pod does is it picks a year and it assigns an album to that. Like it picks, they pick a year and then the, the guests pick an album that they want to talk about. And so they picked like 1999. So they did the short music for short people compilation, which if you remember that was a fat rec comp where there's 101 bands, uh, 30 second songs or less. We talked um, about it on this episode during the interview with Ian. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so. so yeah, so um, they did, they talked about it and I made some obnoxious tweet that was like the best songs on that comp are the Dillinger four song and the enemy U song. Listen to more enemy U. uh, enemy U were a California punk band from the late nineties, early two thousands, uh, had a release on panic button, which was a lookout records adjacent label, uh, had a release on fat and had a release on red scare before getting signed to nitro and then shelving a record for nitro. And so, you know, a little bit of notoriety, but never like a huge name, but like the lyrics in those songs, the songs themselves, like everything is very, like, it's so heartfelt and it's so earnest and it's so just like, like, it just is what I'm drawn to. It's just mm-hmm. like, like honest music. And so, 
I love Enemy You. Straight up, I think Enemy You are a great band. And so Chris messages me and is like, are you all playing Pooza? And I was like, yeah. It's like, are you playing Pooza? It's like, yeah. I was like, would you all cover Enemy You and let me sing? And they were like, yeah, totally. We should record that. And then it was, well, what if Cluttered did an Enemy You song and like Chris sang? And we're like, okay, that's cool. And I was like, well, what if we do four songs in total? We'll each pick two, do the thing, assemble it as an EP, put it out in time for Pooza because Pooza Fest is the weekend of May 20th. Um, and then we're going to both be in the same place. So like I can get up and sing my songs with them and Chris can get up and sing his songs with us. Mm-hmm. And Chris came up with the name Enemy Us. And then we just like, we conceptualized it in February. We recorded it in March. We mixed it in April and mastered it in April. And then it's online. It came out today, um, which is May 13th. So by the time that this airs, it'll already be out and you can listen to it. Um, it's, it's sweet. Like the whole thing with doing like covers and like kind of fully enmeshing the bands is like, it's DIY and it's like punk friendship and it's like, you know, like all of the songs have Becca and Sean from talk show hosts doing backups. I, I do backups on Chris's songs as well. And then like I sing too and Chris sings too. And mm-hmm. so it's just like, it's this very strange, like fully immersed, like band thing, but it sounds super cohesive. It somehow, it makes a lot of sense. The track listing flows really well. Like talk show hosts tried to kind of change up, changed up one of the songs a lot. The, the version of where no one knows my name, which is the, one of the songs I picked, they like kind of slowed it down and like put more emphasis on certain things. Mm. Uh, 72 hours is a little more like straight ahead. Like the feel was right. And then the clutter for the cluttered songs, I was just like, we should just play these like faster. Like, let's just make them sound like cluttered songs and we'll just play them faster. And so I'm really stoked on it. And if like, if that means that somebody's going to go out and like research this band that not a lot of people know about, or like maybe know from the short music for short people comp for the song bedroom windows, which is, is a great song. Um, you know, unfortunately the front person for enemy you David Jones passed away a bunch of years ago. Um, they had kind of like stopped being a band and then reunited to record a song called Adios to You for a comp on the label Red Scare Industries. And that was the last Enemy You song before uh, David passed away. And so it kind of has a very like, it has kind of like a darker tone to it. Like the first time you'd listen to the song, you'd be like, oh, adios to you. Like, it's like a relationship breakup song. It's a, it could be something like that. And then it's like, no, this is kind of like a signing off, like, peace out, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chris chose that song and a song called Something New. I chose 72 Hours and uh, Where No One Knows My Name. And we just like smushed it all together and it came out today. Um, Fab, who plays bass and talk show host, did most of the PR. I did a little bit of help. We just like collaborated on like who was gonna do what, how it was gonna get online, how we were gonna do the thing. Uh, Dylan mixed our songs, their friend Olive in France mixed their songs, and I'm really proud of it. It's really cool to be like, yeah, we have a new release, but it's covers of a band that you probably haven't heard of, and we're Mm -hmm. switching singers, and it's so weird, and it's just like trying to find a way to succinctly explain this idea. Like, you can tell that I smoke weed. You can tell that I smoke cannabis because you're just like, wow, that's like a, literally a high thought and you conceptualized it and <laughs> turned it into a thing. And I was like, yeah, like 
it, when I was listening to it, I kind of forgot it was a covers EP as I was listening yeah. to it. And then when I was done, I went back and listened a second time so I can listen to it as a covers EP. So I'm definitely going to check out more Enemy You. And yeah. I actually uh, listened to it while I was, I was weeding my front flower garden this morning. <laughs> so my neighbors were like, why is he bopping around there pulling dandelions? I don't know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> And like the the first song on the EP is seventy two hours, which like is is a cool song. And but then there's like you know it's kind of like one of the lyrics in it is kind of like the sign of the times. Like uh, I'm still the same old kid. I don't get paid. I don't get laid, and I don't really care. And I'm like it's a little juvenile. It's kind of whatever. But like it's Becca and I singing that line. So it's like two queer people like reclaiming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the idea that like that's a queer experience too like i don't get paid i don't get laid like yeah you get you get shut down like, that lyric actually does pop out in that song because i i oh, yeah. specifically remember that lyric from listening to it this morning before i drove up here today so yeah it's it, it works um, it works and it's like it's pretty it's pretty cool uh and like it's just like it's the whole ep was just like an act of friendship mm-hmm. was just like Cause like, uh, Chris and I had talked about this a little bit, um, on another interview and they work, talk show host works kind of slow. It's like, Oh, it'd be really cool to do a split with this band. And then like six months will pass. And they're like, maybe we should write some songs for this band or maybe we should do this. And like, it takes them a long time. And I was just like, no, this is the thing we should do. Can you get it done in three weeks? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, it's just kind of how I operate. Like I, I hate sitting on stuff. I hate the waiting process. I kind of hate like. It takes away from the enjoyment cycle. when you're waiting for it to. Yeah. Right. Totally. I and like I, I overplayed. Like I listened to this ad nauseum. Like all like getting ready for it, being like, is this good enough? Listening to like unmastered and unmixed things, and just like trying to like make sure like it was sequenced properly and everything made sense, and. So I gave myself like kind of a break from it for a couple of weeks. And then mm-hmm. I re-listened to it this morning because like it's release day. You got to mm-hmm. listen to the thing and it rips. Mm-hmm. Like we did a really good job. And I think we like paid like homage to a cool band that means a lot to me and meant a lot to them. And like I got to introduce that's that band to my bandmates, like to everyone in Cluttered. I was just like, this is the band. We're going to cover it. It's going to be this let's go and like everyone was just like oh this rules how come i haven't listened to this before how come i didn't find Mm -hmm. it and i was like if you're not tapped into like that world of punk at that time or you don't trace back every little release a label does or every little release of like a thing that comes before it um the funny thing was is last year or the year before the lillingtons who are a, a wyoming pop punk band uh they did an enemy tribute record to david jones and so i was like okay we're gonna cover enemy you and it'll be fine because like different bands different demographics whatever uh but i was like let's not pick any of the same songs and then the first song i picked was the one they did a video for and i forgot about it and i was like <laughs> it doesn't matter like who cares yeah. The other three are different. Like I was going to pick a different song and then the Lillingtons had covered it. And I was like, I can't do two that they had done. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got to do something different, but it just, yeah, it just worked out really well. And next album, I just hope- do a, do a cover album of covers. 
just <laughs> cover album of covers. Yeah. Uh, I heard a funny joke recently, which was uh, there's this band from, I believe, Vancouver called Woolworm. Uh, Woolworm were uh, are a Mint Records band. They're, they're great. Future Girls had played with them at one point. And they did a Halloween show as a replacements cover band. And oh, yeah. they just came out. But they came out and just played early Goo Goo Dolls songs. Oh, really? <laughs> because better. early Goo yeah. Goo Dolls just sounds like a replacements worship band. So yeah. it's like, it's pretty sweet. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, we could like, we could do more covers. But Cluttered has a full length that we're working on. Awesome. It's demoed. We're getting ready to, to do that. Um, and I have written a second full length in the time that we've, we've been recording that. So Like a second Cluttered full length or a second? Yeah. Manager? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like a second cluttered full length. So uh, once we, you know, once we get the the album from demo to studio, then we're going to start working on the second one so that mm -hmm. we have, you know, another record and we have something ready to go. So when people are like, you know, because people have short memories. And so like yeah. we, um, you know, we we got a little bit more life out of, out of the two EPs we did when we collected them, but sure. you know, people aren't listening, you know, past six months or whatever, like not many people are going back and exploring and like checking through things. So mm -hmm. it's, it's always kind of like, like the reason why we did the split was like, we should have something new for Pooza. This could be fun. Let's do it. Like we don't have to write originals. We don't have to do anything. Like the songs are there and we can just like build on it from there. And so it was like, the only feasible way to do it. Um, and I'm just like really stoked. Like if, if there's like someone else who listens to enemy you for the first time and they notice that there's just these like songs about like isolation and heartbreak and like, you know, sometimes you still feel like that kid in high school who got picked on, who just like doesn't know how to navigate the world. So like you you know, if someone else has that experience and it's because of us, then that's, that rules. Like yeah. that's, yeah. that's they're, for the greater good. They're universal themes, but it also gives somebody something to connect to for, yeah. and then they want to re-listen. And, and yeah, all these absolutely. little stories about the connections and the extra thought that you're putting into like your titles and how you're collaborating, like just knowing that gives people another reason to re-listen to because you go back to it. Kind of like how Andrew said about listening to today's release. I just first to listen to it, see what is it, and then going yeah. back and listen to it, realizing like, oh, they're covered stuff, so I'm going to give a different perspective with my ears this time. Knowing yeah. all these things, I find myself, that's one of the reasons Cluttered has stayed in my playlist since back in November. It's just because I, I keep running into references about, like like AJ's name comes up, and I keep yeah. seeing, I keep seeing him everywhere. And like yeah. Becca, I knew of through book buddies and stuff like like stuff yeah. like that. All those connections keep bringing me back, and Cluttered's one that just keeps popping right back into the forefront because you're obviously yeah. very very busy. And I had made the comment back when we met. I felt like I was poaching your friends because as I was networking at Music Week, almost every other person I spoke to, they were in the corner talking to you when I was going to approach them. So you obviously know everybody. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been, I've been in the scene for a long time and I, I kind of pride myself on being like, you know, 
I'm a shy weirdo, but I'm like relatively approachable. Mm -hmm. So like folks will be like, oh, Maddie's here. So there's like, there's something to this or something. It's, it's, you know, like it's, it's great. Like I, um, uh, June body played in Ottawa a couple weeks ago and I worked, I ran the show that they were working and it was just like, they were like, we're so happy to see you. This is great. And I was like, you're in the place that I'm at and we're friends. So like, why wouldn't like I come here anyway? Like, so it was just like, it was just really nice. And that's something that I like, I take a lot of pride in like being relatively accessible. Mm -hmm. Like, um, if somebody wants to like talk to me or ask questions or ask things about music or wants to know about like scene etymology and like the link links between bands or like Mm. what are rad bands to listen to that are in Halifax. And then I can just like list a bunch of bands Mm -hmm. and you list your 20 um, bands and then you you go off of there. (laughs) Yeah. Usually I stick to two or three of mine and it's just like, I'm in a bunch of projects, but you should listen to surveillance or you should listen to know it's fine. Or like you should check out those bands. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's just like, it's just like, scene building like if you mm-hmm. don't support your scene at home then why would anyone else give a shit about it and like you're also we're so isolated in the east coast that it's very much like it's very incestual but you have to like you like raise each other up yeah, like yeah. if you're not supporting your scene if you don't make it interesting then why would anybody else come here why would anyone sure. else make like you know, why would you make an extra 13-hour drive from Montreal just to play mm-hmm. Halifax? Like, mm-hmm. why would you do something like that? And that's kind of our goal with this podcast, too, is to put focus on on the East Coast musicians. Our goal is to, to kind of yeah. keep it all East Coast. And then there's totally. some, you know, I had someone from Montreal approach us. I'm like, ah, I kind of want to, but I kind of want to keep it for now. Still, focused still, on I, East, not East yeah, Coast. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, like, totally different if they're a person who is like in the scene and has been here for a while mm-hmm. and then like maybe they move away full time it's still sure. like in the dna yeah. it's still like they're an east coast raised musician but like i understand we did that with jillian like, she's in what? vermont but yeah, we still yeah. talk yeah. <laughs> she's, oh she's completely yeah. jill's jill rules yeah um and so it was definitely like you know like there's a certain caliber of musician that comes out of the east coast mm-hmm partially from this isolation like you know there have been bands that have come through that maybe haven't been on anyone's radar that are like some of have put out some of the best music of the last Mm -hmm. like um you know even 15 years like uh i'm a little bit biased because craig hamlin who played in fat stupids with myself uh craig's band prior to fat stupids and kind of concurrently was this band called tongan death grip and they put out an album called Tula Vista on a German label. And it's a perfect garage power pop record. Awesome. It's like front to back. It's incredible. It's not really on streaming services, but it's on Bandcamp. And it just like, it rules. And like, you go to other places. And if somebody knows that record from that time, they're like, oh yeah, that's like one of the best things to ever come out of the East Coast. And it's like, yeah, like we create really neat, unique, cool things um 
maybe just out of boredom. It, well, the isolation in their landscape here, just because like, we all live in different areas, but we're so disconnected physically from a lot of people that I think everyone gets a chance to do what they think is cool. But then sometimes they find out, oh, that's not what other people think is cool. I look weird, but it's still cool. So you you get to just be cool being weird and everybody's doing the same thing. So everyone's got a little different eccentric value to them. Right. And that's, and that's kind of, um, I think that that's maybe kind of to bring that full circle. I've always just done the thing that felt right and felt cool to me. Like when future girls started, it was just like, Oh, I'm just listening to like, super chunk and reviver and the measure sa um and like bands that like not a lot of people maybe have listened to like obviously super chunk is a huge band um but like i was just like how can i take those elements and put them into like these songs and then like maybe people will be stoked on them Mm -hmm. and you know i've just kind of carried that through my career like if i'm not kind of stoked all the time on like what i'm making then why would anyone else be because like you spend so many years being like when you're first learning and you're like in bad bands and you're just like trying to figure out how to be in a good band and trying to figure out all of the elements and like learn how to like book shows and learn how to like make merch and and do all of these things and you know there's like oh i can't listen to that i can't listen to my voice or i can't listen to my own record or i can't whatever and then a couple years ago i was just like well if I can't listen to this, maybe no one else is mm-hmm. like, maybe I'm too hard on myself or I'm not like honestly promoting it or I'm not like, there's just so many things that it could be. And then I, as I've put out a lot of things in the last couple of years, especially since pandemic, like I've, I've done so many solo releases and like modern cynics and like lots of side projects and century egg and worst part and, and all of these bands. And I'm like pretty stoked on all of it. Even if like stuff comes out and it flops and no one really listens to it and it's just like whatever, I still felt okay about it. And then there's a back catalog for people to go back to. So like mm-hmm. I put out the I Was a Fat Stupid DP, which sounds nothing like the rest of my solo material, but it maybe made people go back and listen to Fat Stupids. And I put out a solo EP last year called Dysphoria City Limits, which is just like a raw acoustic, like bedroom recording, like kind of lo-fi. And folks who liked that were able to trace back to like a couple EPs or like the Rumination Year album I did at the beginning of 2020. And like, then there's just like this catalog. Like I'm playing, playing a couple times at Pooza, Cluttered is playing. Uh, I believe I'm singing with talk show hosts so we can do those songs. There might be something special that happens at the festival and I'm playing solo and I was just like assembling the solo set. And I was like, it's, it's like mostly future girl songs because I was like, that's where I'm at right now. I just want to play a bunch of future girl songs, but there's like solo things interspersed and there's a couple cluttered songs and I can just, I can just do that. I have this huge catalog to pick through. Mm. So I never, I never have to play something I'm not like stoked on all the time. Sure. And it, it feels, it feels really good. So we, uh, speaking of your huge catalog, we usually pick a song before we start talking to play out the end of the episode. Yeah. I didn't 
pick one. So what song would you like to push right now out of your catalog? Um, There's so much on the go. There's a lot, even this there's is a lot here. new, too. Yeah. There's a lot new. Um, let's, uh, okay. Uh, so I sing on Where No One Knows My Name, mm-hmm. which is on the talk show host split. I would say that one. If I had to pick Future Girls, uh, Year Long Winter, that would be that would be the song from that. Uh, but I like anything from Cluttered. I'm down with anything from that Future Girls EP. I'm down with uh, whatever whatever y'all want to pick. Uh, those are my two ideas. But like, I I trust you. Like, Let's go with the Enemy You cover since it's new today. And yeah. the, the newest thing and then it's really the other ones yeah. in our YouTube we, we, we also have a playlist to go with each episode oh, nice. so on that playlist it'll be you'll be all over it so yeah great <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah, since no, the show the show's gonna be like this will be out on the 18th and the show's on the 19th yeah so you're in worst part as well I am uh worst part is uh it was kind of my main project right before the pandemic I was doing solo stuff and I was playing in worst part mm-hmm. and Fully and honestly, I didn't anticipate Worst Part coming back. Uh, I was I just, wondering that because I, I wasn't sure if you were even fully in the band. They're a little different than all this other stuff that we've been talking about because it's not your pop yeah. punk. It's, it's very heavy. Yeah, it's um, it's a little stonery. It's a little like Jesus lizardy. There's mm-hmm. there's like cool things. I was um. I was invited to join that band and I was just like, this is something different. And like, I've played in hardcore bands and I've loved that. And I've like played in all, like, I like different heavy genres. Like Mm -hmm. I I just do. And I love the people in worst part. Like they're just like solid humans. Like Andrew's, Andrew's the best. And, uh, Trevor who played in scum grief with Andrew is playing second guitar and James who was in Barlow and a couple other bands um is playing drums now so we're a four piece um and andrew this is like that's like andrew's baby is just like i want you to be involved when you can be involved when you have the capacity when you're not on tour like i want you to be involved and we kind of have that pre-established relationship like we know that when i'm like when i'm around like i'm here to work and i'm here to do stuff and like let's go so like we put out self betrayer on may 5th um which is a new song we're working on a video for it uh we did that like a couple nights ago so that's gonna be cool and we're gonna open for propaganda and i'm gonna i'm probably going to wear some kind of disguise so that it's not just me on stage for yep. like 45 minutes <laughs> yeah. um so you need those glasses I, with the big nose and the mustache and just <laughs> yeah, Digital it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's probably gonna be like uh like a surgical mask and a hood yeah yeah like like something very like who's this ghost on stage kfc bucket um, on your head <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm the trans bucket head yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, are you playing back to back then like yeah and so the bloody hell's playing separately than you guys like they're yeah i play. believe so i okay. i think it's i think i think the order is bloody hell then worst part than cluttered yeah, than awesome. propaganda um so it's it's sweet like worst part's really fun it's just like it's a challenge it's a challenge to learn those riffs because they're like 
they're not something I always listen to. They're a little bit out of my wheelhouse, but then like I get to, when I play them, I get to inject like, I get to inject like, um, you know, my other influences. Like I listen to a lot of like Washington DC hardcore and bands like Fugazi and Rites of Spring and like Embrace and, and all of that stuff. So I get to like incorporate some of those elements and like, play with some of the weirder times and then like I don't need to like I know what cluttered is and I know like the songs I write what I'm trying to accomplish with them Mm -hmm. worst part is like a vehicle for Andrew's thoughts and I'm just there to like hang out and have fun and like throw down when it's time to throw down when someone else's I find when someone else's music when you're playing your instrument you do express an emotion so if you're not yeah. feeling it, it's hard to yeah. initially yeah. get yourself into it. Yeah. Worst part played a show. One of my first shows was worst part was opening for cancer bats in like probably 2018 now. And I remember vividly, like at the time we were a three piece um, and the other two members of the band were like very like nervous or whatever. And I just kind of went up and I was like, I don't really care. I like threw my bass into the ceiling of the marquee at one point and like <laughs> caught it. And I was just like, I was just like there to have fun. And like, it didn't matter. I could just like thrash around and I still pulled it off. Like, you know, I take a lot of pride in the fact that I'm able to be adaptable and fit into these different mm-hmm. situations. Like Century Egg doesn't sound like any of the other bands that I'm in and neither yeah. does worst part, but like, you know, I just bring like the thing I just try to bring to things is like an honesty and like, like a punk ethos and like kind of that, that vibe to different projects because you don't necessarily need to like have every band sound exactly the same. And I I think I do an okay job of that. Like, you know, there's an itch to scratch with every, with every different project. Yeah. You definitely um, fall into that uh, when you said about the Washington D.C. that kind of punk scene from yeah. years ago. Uh, everything about you to me, we're a little bit different in age, but probably not too far. Um, the Washington area with the uh, the underground pop festivals that they would have of all yeah, it, it super reminds me of all the bands that you have your DNA on that's the idea that I get when I think back of those old compilations and everything is that it was oh, yeah. a mismatch of bands that had a similar energy as far as that do it yourself, but to listen to the bands individually, they're not, there's no genre there that to unify no. them. It's, people are like, it's the well, vibe of the people that build those bands. Well, people will be like, Oh, discord records is a hardcore label. And you're like, yeah, they put out government issue and minor threat and like state of alert and youth of today and a bunch of like actual hardcore bands. And then at the same time, they're like doing the evens or like, you know, Fugazi, they put all the Fugazi catalog out on that. And that's almost like one that you can't even define to genre because Mm -hmm. it's like song Mm -hmm. to song. What they're drawing from is just like so varied and so different. And like, if I could build a life, through music with as much like honesty and conviction as like Ian Mackay has done, then like, I'm, you know, it's like lofty goals, but it's like, no, that's like, that's the benchmark. That's like the high watermark of like 
staying true to yourself and staying true to something and like wanting to do better. Yeah, because they've always, they did it their way right from the get go. And I mean, it's, they're in their third decade or fourth, maybe (laughs) at some point. um, The first release was. Uh, the Teen Idols, which was Ian MacKay's first band when he was 16, maybe mm-hmm. 16 or 17, like very young, uh, maybe even younger because it predates Minor Threat. Um, and they were just kids when they were when they did the Minor Threat recording. And they like were like, how do you press a record? How do you go to a studio? Yeah. How do you do these things? And it's just like they're asking the right questions and they're like making it all work. And their message is like the theme behind their lyrical content wouldn't have been very popular at the time, but now in 2022, that's, it's the majority opinion that you see out there, unless you're watching only exclusively right-wing media. <laughs> that's, that is the general societal opinion now, like at the, many, many years later. Now, if they came out today, everyone would just think that they were toting the popular line, but they, yeah. they've been just saying it their own way the whole time and found their fans along the way. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, I, I personally, I love making merch for bands specifically. So it's like not in the way to like sell to make money, but just so that it exists and it's a cool thing and Mm -hmm. it's like memorable and whatever. But like Fugazi was like, we don't do t-shirts. We don't do this. And like, they have the song merchandise, which is literally like, um, you know, you have no control is one of the lyrics and it's just like oh like if you get into that machine and it gets too big like you do have no control over it like it's just like it ends up being like something bigger than you and then you're like you know you go to h&m and you see like misfits t-shirts and you're like oh that's that's really strange obviously different Mm -hmm. different ideologies and like that band is a whole thing in and of itself and we could talk about it for hours i'm sure um but like it's just you know diy is really important to me yeah i literally have it tattooed on my leg diy forever like i would love to work with the label i would love to do that but like at my core being of a person like i'm still just like i'm that same kid that wants to go play at radstorm or wants to like Mm. see bands and be excited and like be stoked on what's happening um and I'm really fortunate that I've spent so much time in Halifax to like uh, become a person that maybe other people will feel inspired to start their own bands and then we can play shows together. Yeah. So if people do want to find you, where can we find you online? There's a lot out there. Um, There's a lot out there. Um, the best place to find me personally is probably my Instagram account. It's at uh, Maddie Disgrace. Um, so my first name and then the word disgrace. At uh, Cluttered Band is also an Instagram account. Um, uh, Twitter is at Maddie Disgrace. And at um, uh, Cluttered Band. Sorry, I just blanked for a second. Um, Modern Cynics doesn't do social media. You can kind of, like, if you were to list a bunch of bands, everything is, like, something band or the name Mm -hmm. of the thing or whatever. Like, Future Girls is, like, Future Girls HFX or something on Instagram. Um, But it's definitely, like, as I said earlier, excuse me, I, um, 
I pride myself very much in like being an accessible person. So like if somebody's like, I think your band is rad, like, cool. You want to just talk as people like, yeah. like reach out and you can, you can find me and I'm severely online. So like, you know, people can find me all the time and I'm, I'm there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to check that out, check, I, I've found Instagram. You're fairly busy there and everything that you kind of do kind of ties back into your personal Instagram. So yeah, it's uh, it's, it's kind of like, there's a lot of dual posting. Uh, mm -hmm. the personal Instagram is just like band stuff and pictures of my cat. Uh, mm -hmm. so it's like two things that I care very deeply about. Yeah. That's Dakota, my daughter's, uh, she's made a couple of little cameos on the podcast or that's her favorite thing is all of the bands that she's met or seen through the podcast everyone has a cat so <laughs> she likes to sit there when i'm on social media and look for cat pictures like oh yeah there's maddie's cat or we just connor booth his cat was on there just three right after yeah. we interviewed him so, yeah it's it's great we all like we all have pets that we love uh and we were joking that we're going to get cluttered merch made where it's just like pictures of all of our pets on it. Awesome. Uh, we should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that might, that might happen at some point. Um, but it, yeah, it's just like, just reach out if you want. And also if you don't want, and you just want to listen to the music and keep the mystique of the artist, like that's cool too. Like whatever, whatever people want to do, as long as you're not like, creepy about it <laughs> i'll preface that um, don't be a creep <laughs> don't be a creep uh you know if you're chill i'm chill yeah. like that's that's kind of how that goes there we go and we'll link we'll put a list of the bands that maddie's in in our description and you can you can you can find all that yourself if you're not over the internet you can find it the names yeah, are pretty easy to find and every everything's on spotify everything's on apple music everything's on title yeah you can you know, Bandcamp especially, like you can you can find me and you can support the dream of this like weirdo trans queer person from the East Coast who's just trying to like do a good job. Yeah. And it and, and is working. And if you guys want to find us, we have a link tree. Everything's in the link tree. We did become part of the cog and started a Facebook group. Our Discord wasn't really picking up, so Facebook here we are. But uh trying to create a kind of a community there for people to talk music of the East coast and until tomorrow night as of the airing this yes. Maddie will be playing opening for propaganda. We will be there. Yes. We'll bring, we'll bring a sticker yeah. for you. Thank you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for now, this is where no one knows my name. It is a enemy you cover by cluttered and talk show host. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks. Goodbye. I try to stop the world every day with my last breath, but it turns anyway a million times in a million days. Hey, maybe it'll stop today. No way. I'll never let it get the best of me. Think of
Sympathy. Sympathy. 